Adventure in Reunion, Part 8. And the newest session of our Four Keeps Adventure today is November 2nd, 2020, and you are loved. And that is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of our viewers and listeners at the beginning of each and every single one of these games. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash indooradventures to check up on all of the games that we have played of this campaign up until this point. Or, hey, if you like what you saw here, we have a bunch of other campaigns there for you as well. We have Waterdeep Dragon Heist, we got Curse of Strahd, and we also have Ghosts of Saltmarsh. And speaking of Ghosts of Saltmarsh, happy birthday to Kyle with an N. It is their birthday today, so hey, you should, you should at them on Twitter and go say happy birthday because we told you to, and that's a good idea. Another good idea is that you can also join us for our audio casts uh, that we also post wherever audio casts are made available for free. And speaking of things that are made available for free, you can go to patreon.com slash indoor adventures to check up on our after show called Nights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. So if you have questions that you would like to ask myself or any of these other fine folk, that is the easiest way in order to do that. So consider it another thing to consider though is that if you already support us on patreon youtube twitch all of those other places and you're looking for another way another avenue to help support the show you can go to indooradventure.redbubble.com uh, we got t-shirts we got posters we got mugs we got throw pillows journals clocks aprons backpacks t-shirts all sorts of wonderful things and of course the most wonderful thing of all in the year of our in the year of our uh destructive lord 2020 we got face masks that have the symbol of Tiamat upon them, done by our very own Cyberwolf1201. So if you want any of these face masks and any of the glorious chromatic colors of Tiamat, again, you can go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. All of the proceeds from those masks end up going towards COVID-19 research through Doctors Without Borders. So if you would like to help support a good cause or help support the show, that's more than a, uh, a likely option for you. Uh, and yes, we we do have aprons, but it's just like reskinned uh, patterns that we have before. We don't have new aprons. We just have multiple aprons. Arjun. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, so that is it for my spiel. So hey, RJ, who are you playing today? Hey, everybody. I'm RJ, and I'll be playing Kalem, the Shadokai Wizard Clerk. Hi, I'm LB Hackamup, and I'm going to be playing Gwen, the Halfling Barbarian Fighter. Hoi! I'm Cyber. I play Arjan, the Draconian fighter. You see him. And I am hey, the. Oh. Oh, hi, hi. Sorry, hi. I'm Wings. I play as uh, I play as Danae Keener, who plays as Coriander, the Elegant Paladin. And now I remember my place. I am the Indoor Adventurer, and tonight I shall be your dungeon master. I got a little ahead of myself, but uh let's do a little bit of our recap so that way we can get things going for the evening so last week we started off with all of you fighting against venicus the navigator of the deep a giant arch spider-like creature that had summoned forth a plethora of these web simulacrums that you all had to fight against but Thankfully, we're able to actually do some pretty decent work going up against this thing, thanks to the help of these uh, Kalen of the Summer Songs, Rudbeck Goldstrom. It was after you defeated Vanicus that you all made your way out of that web-filled lair, uh, and 
As you were all taking a brief respite, you saw a creature looming through the mists that looked over its shoulder towards you, and you recognized through this creature's visage that it was none other than Meriden, the King of the Unseen, one of the oldest living Archfey, uh, possibly within the Feywild. It was at this point uh, that your group decided to not leave a note to Rudbeck in this situation, but instead followed after the King of Mists. Uh, and after a brief bit of running through mist, trying to catch up after them, you emerged out of the mist on top of the uh, central mountain of the Summer Isle. And you saw that there was an opening uh, that led into a small cave uh, that was actually Meriden's home. It was at that point that he addressed all of you, gave you some boons, uh, as well as the ability to windwalk for the next eight hours, allowing you to move up to 300 feet per sec or per six seconds. I don't know why I want to keep saying second. That would be astronomically faster. Um, but it was at that point uh, that he also then gave you his coronet, uh, a small crown, this token of his, to let the other kings of summer know that he was on their side, that they were going to do what they possibly could, uh, like he was giving his blessing to help uh, to leave this place and to protect the, uh, the younger folk, the elves, the Eladrin, to help them move back to spring. Uh, it was at this point that originally, if you listen to the end of last week's episode, uh, our group turned into their wispy, smoky forms and then made their way across the uh, across the ocean between the Isles of Summer and Autumn. Uh, but there were some things that we wanted to do before we led there, so we're going to rewind time a little bit. Our group actually wanted to go after and look for Scorchbane. Uh, as Ilni, our Fae companion, had said that she would help set up a meeting uh, between the between your groups should you be able to recover Meriden's, uh, Meriden's blessing. Having done so, it's as simple as ascending away uh, to let Ilni know that now is as good a time as any, seeing as you currently have a timer counting down uh, for how long you can use this wind walk ability. So... Uh, you guys are still able to travel over 30 miles an hour uh, during your round while in a wind-walking form. So thankfully, getting to where Scorchbane is is not going to be an issue. Uh, it will take maybe about, I want to say, like 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to actually get there out of your overall time. And when you are nearing to this place, you see that there is, well, you have been reminded time and time again to not set fire to the jungle because it would be bad. Uh, as you get near uh, Scorchbane's domain, you can see that there are trees that are freshly burned. Uh, it seems like this ancient red dragon doesn't seem to have the same amount of care uh, towards igniting the forest as some of his other companions. And it almost looks like it would be a dead sort of wood, but from the inner cracks of all of these trees, you can see that they are so hot that the inside of the tree is actually burning outward. Uh, it looks like this is more of like an ember wood style of thing. Uh, so all of these trees are giving off this very glow dull, uh, their remnants anyways, but 
there is a large wicked looking spire that comes up from this otherwise burnt forest and you are under the correct assumption that that is where Scorchbane has made their lair. Uh, so your group is able to then fly up towards the landing atop of this spire. Uh, if you so choose, LB is shaking her head no, so I don't know uh, if that's Gwen's true. Gwen's gonna go, but LB's no. And, I mean, were, were we given directions to land up there and not knock on the front door? <laughs> this is essentially the front door. You've, like, Scorchbane is aware that there will be a, like, four smoke figures that are going to be flying and meeting him at his house. Uh, so he is aware of your comings. Um, and when you arrive also on this platform, you see uh, that there isn't really, like, there's room for you all to be up here. It's maybe about, I want to say about, like, a hundred foot area of this landing. Uh, in a radius and uh, as you all manifest there you hear the sound of leathery wings and the area around you gets a lot hotter and coming up from the jungles you see Scorchbane and in his lower talons he carries what looks like a monstrous creature uh, they have like it's almost like beaver teeth on the front with these large double bucked, uh, but also a rhino's horn. Uh, they have some foliage kind of growing off of their back and they are no longer moving as it looks like Scorchbane has secured his meal for the day. Uh, but he manages to bring this creature up, sets it atop the spire, and then comes down off of this now dead creature and looks towards your group and says... <sighs> I guess I underestimated you. You've proven useful after all. Lord Scorchbane, thank you for accepting this audience. I am, uh, I'm Arjan, Herald of the Scale Tyrant. I have a question for you. Hmm. And hopefully I have an answer. Whenever you last spoke in our presence, you said that you would die defending your home against Winter's incursion. Yes. This is correct. Pity. And he twitches his head a little bit more curiously to look at you as you say this. Where I come from, there's not a lot of your kind left. I would hate to see more draconic life be sacrificed for nothing. Scorchbane, if you are the... If you are as powerful as a creature as I would like to believe that you are, why would you not? Why instead of dying here in defense of your home? Help us. Help us strike in Winter's Heart. Take the offensive. 
Surely you're powerful enough. Make a persuasion check. I would like to use presence. Yeah, for sure. Forceful presence. Natural 20. <laughs> for a 20. <laughs> it's still a natty 20? I'm here for it. So, as you say this, Scorchbane nods and says, This is what I've been trying to recommend to the other kings for months. But instead, they all seek to run. Well, we don't. We intend to take back autumn and tame winter with the help of the Kaelin at the Fallen Leads, and I'll look back at Cory. She nods respectfully. And Scorchbane nods, and you see they get a the hint of a smile. Unfortunately, our time is short and we'll be heading to Autumn now. But can we count on your support? Yes. This is something I think I can agree to. Now, I have a question. You I are going to answer. you are going to the Autumn Isle, correct? We are. Do you plan on freeing Autumn before moving on or just causing a distraction? Looks over at Corey. Uh, she pauses for thought. I'm going to reassess once we get there. I, of course, would love to free Autumn before moving on, but if it's not in the cards, then it's not in the cards. It might be that we need to have a more immediate and decisive strike against Winter. And Scorchbane says, If you are able to create a distraction, that would be an opening for me. Draw attention elsewhere, and I can raise the forests to a temperature that would melt all ice, all snow. Corey's eyebrows sort of raise. Calum raises a hand. Tactically speaking, uh, we could cause a distraction in fall, maybe free them and get some more fighters in our side. It could turn around the Winter Primordial to, you know, investigate what the cause is, buy spring some more time, or summer some more time. Certainly slows advance cause a big enough ruckus, we could probably get everybody on us. Hmm. And, Corey, you get the sense that performing the ritual of Rife is probably going to be a pretty good distraction for Cypress. 
That's what I was thinking. Regardless of what we do, I think we're going to be drawing attention. Damien hadn't destroyed the Waystone back to the Hollowed Locks. Maybe we could have gotten some of the more capable fighters in again. What's past is past. Hmm. We need to move forward. And Scorchbane says, Kassen's uh, power is vast. They are originally from the Isle of the Fae. Could grow again. I could act as mm, emissary. Take some of their spores along with me, and when I arrive, deposit the other king. Hmm. I like this plan. There's a dark smile on Calum's face. I wonder what Soul's up to these days. <laughs> Drop him on top of the Winter Primordial and, uh, well, two birds, one stone is the expression. I doubt Soul will be any match for Winter. Isn't Soul a god? No. Archfey. Solacaris was its the big tree. full name. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. All right. King Candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever preparations you see fit, we will leave you to make them. But again, our time is short. To fly to the Isle of Autumn against Meriden's wishes would take him. Before you set your plan in motion, give me some time. How much time? Roughly around like 30 minutes or so, because he has to fly the whole distance. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so do we. <laughs> it's true. He has a quicker fly speed than you do, thankfully. Are, I mean, are we getting the sense that, like, he wants us to wait 30 minutes before we leave? No, it's more of when you plan on performing the Ritual of Rife to create this large distraction, let him know like an hour before time so that way he can come over while you guys are doing the distraction force so he can be act like accurately timed back up okay i can come into contact with you and scorchbane says you've proven not to be food after all congratulations I am humbled by your praise, Lord Scorchbane. He kind of like preens he's, a little bit when you say this. He's learning. So yes, Scorchbane uh, has volunteered uh, thanks to a successful natural 20 persuasion uh, oh, to give you some assistance 
as it were. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Nice, 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 nice. Okay. So, is there anything else that you would like to ask Scorchbane? Nah, we fucked up with time enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sounds good. So, question. Did we get a short rest in? Uh, you did not get a short rest in. You were in the middle of a short rest before the mists showed up, and then you rushed over to deal with we that. Can boots on the ground it's fine yep, 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 yeah. yep. Sure. like w did we did we say that we were gonna wait like half an hour before uh doing anything for scorchbane we're gonna tell him wait and a half an hour to an hour and then do it and then do the thing okay gotcha yeah so what i like you basically can character. call out here's your departure time you need to do it at this point so that way he knows to arrive and be the like be the writers of the row like on the third day look to the hills like exactly. give him okay, a time gotcha. frame as to when to show up he'll be there gotcha 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 all right um then i say we should go to dustbridge get boots on the ground rest for an hour tell him <laughs> Let's go. Scorchbane is a mix of Hercules Mulligan and the Dog of Wisdom. We got it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to We're the in a silly mood tonight. Look, I guess we are. It's very tired. It is. If you are in the United States, this is election week. Let's just vote. let's have some fun. Please vote. For the love of God, if Scorchbane can tell anything through this fourth wall, go go vote! I'll, I'll burn your house down. That's what that's what Scorchbane would do. Not me, Twitch TOS. I am not threatening any of the viewers. K, thanks. So moving on, you guys go back into your misty forms and then zoop away from Scorchbane's lair. It is at that point as you are flying over the ocean. There is a point where... How high are you guys flying, by the way? Like, are you above the clouds, cloud level, below the clouds? Oh, we know. have... We were given the information that, like, Cypress can sense us through the snow, right? Yes. So it makes sense for us to go over the clouds, right? Yes. It does. We do that. Okay. Sounds good. So, you go over the clouds... Uh, and as you are flying for maybe about hour, hour and a half or so, you see that the clouds get very dark and there is a thunderhead front. So you can hear a lot of that, uh, like rolling sound of just the difference in climates that are happening beneath you. And as you look, uh, down in this direction, you actually see that there is a break in the cloud cover for a moment. And when you do, there is a sheet of ice that is extending out over open ocean. And as far to the left and as far to the right that you can see, spaced out about every 120 feet or so, there looks like there is a figure. There is a singular Eladrin 
that is just standing forward steadily walking and as they do their foot presses down against this open water and then ice comes up to form beneath them and as they continue to step that ice continues to grow out and it looks like this wave of winter soldiers is coming forward and as they do they are bringing winter with them do they all look like cypress they all indeed do share similar armor helm and features to the to the Eladrin that you once knew as Cypress. Of course they do. Alright. And again, continuing on over, uh, you see that there are more breaks in the clouds and there are like ice monstrosities that seem to be coming along with Cypress for this quest of theirs to encase everything in winter's cold. Uh, there are creatures that have six legs that seem to be like crawling atop the ice with them. Uh, there are other creatures that look almost like snowmen, but they seem a lot more like built and made of ice. They are giant size and there is just an army, a veritable army of these winter Eladrin and other creatures that seem to be making their way over the ice towards the Isle of Summer. As we're looking at these, can Gwen take note, since she's been in many a battle before, of like how many soldiers, like thereabouts, like, oh, there's definitely like at least a thousand or ten thousand. It extends beyond your view in both oh. directions. Good. it's not it's not looking too hot right now but thankfully scorchbane's going to be on his way and like he can fix some of this that's no worries so you then continue on and as you get closer uh to the isle of autumn you notice that the air does begin to change the sun in the sky seems to shift ever so to create this more like warm late autumn hue even above the clouds everything kind of has like this orangish tint to it and you know that you are getting close to the isle of autumn and it is at this point that the windwalk fades as you guys had taken time to travel around talk to scorchbane do all of that it only lasted for so long because uh, looking at the uh, amount of distance that you would be able to cover um, you won't you wouldn't be able to get directly to Duskridge you were still maybe about like 30 minutes flight uh, at the 300 uh, feet per six seconds uh, away from it so thankfully Windwalk isn't a oh your flight's done time to fall and die uh, it also has a feather fall spell uh, built into it so you can kind of feel that the spell's effects are going to end. Are you going to then go down through the cloud cover for a more safer landing, or are you going to get as far as you can and then just sort of drift down? Oh, like a halo jump? Hell yeah. Gives them less time to react to us. That one. Yeah. That seems about right. ODSTs. ODSTs. Well, nice and cool. You still got a spare feather fall, right, Caleb? Yeah, I've got loads of level one spells. Let's fucking do this. Okay. 
So, you guys get as far forward as you can. And then Gwen, like, this has been great. You have been going so fast for so long that it almost feels like this is the normal speed of things now. Kind of like when you're on the highway and you're going a little faster than you probably should for a long time. And then you have to go back down to the speed limit. And you're like, 55? This is is turtle speed. What am I doing here? Like, that is what it feels like for Gwen. Um, Same with everyone else. You've been going quickly. And then there is just this halting feeling as the spell begins to end. And you can see that the wind begins to dissipate from around you as you become more physical and you begin to fall and you are descending at 60 feet per second or per round sorry no it's yeah it's per round for one minute and so you just begin to fall and you go through these clouds uh you're all drenched going through these clouds as they are just you know, large containers of moisture that have somehow been able to survive in the sky. And as you are continuing your descent down, you now see that you are well into the Isle of Autumn. And looking around, Corey, you are so used to seeing these trees be wonderful shades of greens and reds and yellows and just a a vibrant palette of canopy before you and instead what you can see is that these trees are covered in snow but only partly all of the leaves fell and normally they would maintain their place but here they rest on the forest floor and instead these empty trees reach up towards the sky like skeletal hands and they look like they are just waiting to catch you and your group as you fall. There are some trees that are still around, some pine, some others that don't exactly shed their leaves during the winter months, but for the most part, it seems barren and it seems empty and you see maybe about mm, five miles or so from where you are going to be landing uh, the open clearing that leads to the city of Duskridge. All right. Um, she'll like point that out as they're falling and, you know, like all the wind is like whipping through their hair. Um, and like, she'll shout over the wind, like that's, that's our mark. Um, and make sure that everybody's close enough for the, uh, feather fall when we finally get close enough to the ground. Gwen, Gwen rages, just in case. <laughs> it's a reflex at this point. Arjan will like angle behind somebody. Probably Gwen. He can fly, and he can cut somebody. Uh, yeah, he will wait till they're one eighty above the ground, just eyeballing it, and then feather fall. Okay. Yeah, so you are still in... So again, this spell has a feather fall effect built into it. It does not take oh. longer than a oh. minute to fall from where you are at to then reach the ground, descending at 60 feet per round. Uh, so as you you feel like, okay, I've hit that 180, I'm still gently 
like descending down it you will be fine i'm letting you all know you will right. be fine in this <laughs> we figured but <laughs> just throwing that one out there you're okay we're all like just doing the 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 glide down where we're all spread out yes yeah, because like, we're skydiving we as a movie throw caution to the wind doing like the wingsuit spread Aww. just like okay so you all make it down towards the ground where are you looking to land as you are seeing that it is in a forested area there is a path that looks like at one point was well traveled that kind of leads in through these woods that you are guessing will lead to Duskridge. and Corey, being a native of this general area you also know that this road leads to Duskridge. yeah she'll aim for a path it's best not to not to like try and get fancy with this. We don't want to get lost. Time's of the essence. Also, we don't want to get impaled on a tree branch. That would not be good. It's true. And when you land onto the onto the earth below, um, it just feels so quiet here. You're used to birds or rabbits or some other form of wildlife running around either screaming into the night or just being a critter and there doesn't seem to be any any sense of that here even this path that you know is a well-traveled path mostly because the snow dips into it and at this point gwen the snow is above your head level so you have to either like climb up out of the snow or just like rage your way through it Ah, Arshan, Uppies. Okay. Yeah, well, pick up Gwen. Thank you. Uh, he is shivering. Yes. He is in his uh, barbarian cheek for summer. Yes. Corey kneels and puts a hand in the snow, uh, and she just quietly says, I'm coming. Uh, and then she stands up, turns around, starts pulling uh, winter cloaks out of their bags. Um, and she says, he's going to know that we're here. We need to move now. Gwen climbs onto ours on shoulders. Onward. Pulls on the scarf. They're dressing. Sorry, not you, Arjan. At the just same the time. Ground. Okay, so you all get your uh, out of the barbarian chic and into your nice winter clothes, uh, and you begin the trek forward, heading to Duskridge. Uh, as you know, again, while on the snow, it is said that Cypress knows where you are and what you are doing while you are in their domain, and you're guessing that that's probably, probably the case. And... Your journey continues for about an hour or so on foot, trudging through this deep snow as any time you have to travel through the snow, there's always like a much longer process than you normally would have to go. Um, and as you are walking forward, you start seeing buildings. You start seeing places where people once lived, but you're guessing they do not anymore. 
one such place is that you see a uh, a small mill with a large water wheel but the river that was flowing next to this mill to allow that water wheel to turn has frozen and the gears inside of this mill no longer turn and it just seems like almost a ghost in and of its own right just this skeletal building covered in snow that once had things happening inside of it and as you exit out of this stretch of woods and can see the opening that leads into Duskridge you see that there are a plethora of buildings all some of which two stories tall uh, others seem to be smaller more contained but the thing that really surprises you the most is that as you are getting closer, the fields near the outside of town, as this is a very agricultural, uh, agriculture-heavy area, as Corey would have been able to uh, divulge that information onto you all, it looks like the fields have been worked on recently. And there are like cart tracks that seem to come from these fields. And as you get closer, you see that there are footsteps in the snow, like humanoid sized footsteps. Uh, but with uh, Calum, actually all of you have a high enough passive perception. Uh, you notice that these footprints seem like they are happening almost not infrequently necessarily but almost like how a an inebriated person would walk where it's just not steady not really going in as straight a line as it possibly could and there seems to be a decent number of these footprints like you can notice that these are different makes of boots that sort of thing If Corey walks out into the field and checks to see what work has been done, can she ascertain what they're doing out there? It looks like the snow is being dug through to get to the earth below. And they are, whoever it is, is trying to like dig up the ground like some kind of end of season retilling of the field. Would it be a bad idea to have Arjun go up and take a scout around? Probably not. Arjun, do, um, do you feel confident that you can get back to us? He'll just do a deep nod. Wait, we should go in pairs at least. I'll stay with Corey. All right. Uh, she kind of, like, will look across the snowy landscape, um, and she'll try and find her, um, her lodge okay. on the, uh, on the hillside. Sure. Make a... Make a perception check. Girl. Uh, oof, a nine. Okay. So with a nine... 
you don't spot the lodge like directly but you are able to at least identify the side road that would lead to it your home wasn't necessarily in the main city but was kind of set off maybe about like a half mile or so from the main town so that way you could still be considered a resident but just you know there's a little bit of space all right um she will point out the uh the path and she says meet us on that path if you do lose us, remember, he'll tap his uh, pin. We each get one, and if anything, I'll send some firebolts in the sky so you can track us easier. Hey. Gwen, are you hanging on? Yeah, sure. Do you want me on your... Do you want me on the front or the back? The back. Roger. Okay. Whenever Gwen gets on my back, uh, Arjan is going to take Aspect of the White Dragon. Okay. Uh, so you're going to feel uh, his scales get really, really cold. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, I don't like he, being cold. She pulls up her sleeves. And he's going to take off. Okay. Ah. And you do it. Uh take a loop uh his speed is hella now okay uh so with your hella speed roll a perception check uh and gwen if you'd like you can either roll a perception check as well or give advantage to arjan i have plus seven perception well i will give you advantage <laughs> okay so that's a 17 Okay, so with a 17, Arjan, as you are doing a flyover uh, of this city, as you're looking down, there looks to be people here. Like, not the same kind of people that you saw, like, marching over the ocean, freezing it as they go to attempt to take over summer, but they are wearing, like, reds. Like a red coat and then like a little nice scarf, some burlap pants, uh, kind of a wider hat. And this figure is like pulling something from a sack and setting it onto a like a merchant's booth. And you see this merchant uh, also with kind of a wider hat, more baggier clothes, reach down and then pull something out, set it onto the table, grabs the small sack. And then they both give a little nod to each other. And then as they are walking, they just kind of have this like almost jankety walk to them they don't like nobody that you are seeing here and there are a handful of people seems to be able to walk correctly like this either this entire town is drunk or something is up here but they just seem to be minding their own business and one of them actually will look up towards you as you are flying and you see that they are wearing a burlap sack over their face with these Fucking... empty eye holes and kind of like this stitched frown on it and as they look up they tip their hat to you and wave and Gwen you also notice this like horrifying visaged individual just... Gwen makes a face and then just like Awkwardly waves back. Stephen, Halloween was last week. 
You've been watching over the garden week. wall, haven't you? Ha <laughs> ha! Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll take Gwen to the meeting place. Okay, that was fucked up, right? Like, that wasn't just me? I think they're just the residents. The the residents wear burlap sacks over their faces? It's Faye. We'll have to ask Corey. And Corey and Calum, the two of you are making your way over to the meeting point. Probably have made it there by the time that the flyover is done. Is there any conversation that the two of you would like to have while the rest of your party is gone? Or are you just going over and then waiting for your party to show up? I think that Corey is kind of numb in more ways than one. Um, I think that if she lets the uh, horror of what has befallen the place that she was supposed to protect fall over her, um, she won't be able to do what she needs to do. So she's just kind of keeping it at arm's length at the moment. I've had enough insight. Well, no. Kaelm will keep walking side by side with her and just put a hand on her shoulder. Just reassuringly. I think she flinches a little. Um, what What is your passive insight? Twelve. 12 okay um she looks back at Calum with it, it it looks sad to him but he can tell there's something else there and she doesn't hold his gaze for long she just trudges forward Okay, so after you have trudged forward, uh, that is when Arjan and Gwen swoop down, uh, and the two of them seem a mite bit perturbed. What's wrong? Uh, Corey, you remember what the people here look like, right? Yes. What did they look like? The Autumn Isles are home to a variety of different fae. Would any of them happen to wear a sack over their face? That's not as strange as you might think. Not like some... What are they? <laughs> like darklings would because of sunlight sensitivity? But even exactly. then, they wouldn't, like, wear, like, a burlap sack. That seems really weird. Like, they would probably have more of, like, an ornate face piece. Mm. Um, as that's more, like, appropriate as to how they would try and interact with the surface society. It could be a hag scarecrow. I've... Hey. I, think, I think I remember seeing a lot of scarecrows, but that this didn't seem the same. I know it, it does. Sorry. There are a lot of creatures that come to the Autumn Fae because their appearance is too frightening for the other isles. Still, it doesn't need to be. Well, I'm going to say it again. Let's be careful. Remember what happened to the halflings in Greenreach. Right.
that being said, if we come across someone that's clearly not a construct of winter, try not to hurt them. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to need a lot of direction, okay? When we come across things, like... You're going to just have to let me know. No kill. Got it. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, we can do that. Communication is key. We can do this. Maiming might be a uh, hard... Maybe. So, what do we need to do now? Well, um, let's find my lodgings and um, we can rest briefly before we see about doing the ritual to awaken Wrythe. What does this ritual entail? What does this ritual entail? So... From your understanding, Corey, the ritual of Wrythe involves going to, like, it's almost like a sacred amphitheater. Like, it's not very large, but it is a, like, bowl indentation into the earth that has a, it's an altar on top of it, but it's more built like a furnace. What the ritual involves is taking a birch branch in your hand, covering uh, in specifically your ring hand, um, and then you cover your right hand in a maple resin, ignite your arm, oh god, and put it inside of the ceremonial altar. You know that it will just burn the resin that is there, but in that process, it will bind you to the ring. All right. Cool. And then you fight a giant tree monster called the Bed of Chaos, and... Yeah, okay. All right. Um, she explains the process. Wait, this is normal? It's fucking terrifying. You know, there are some people who would think that it's terrifying to get poked with needles thousands of times to pigment your skin. Alright, fair. The wind. <laughs> the wind howls. It's haunting, isn't it? Anyway, let's go. Okay. Yeah, and as you are trudging through this pathway, it was already close to midday when you guys had left the Summer Isle. It is now getting to the point of late evening, early night. Like, the sun is definitely about to go down at this point as you are making your way through the woods. And it does wind uh ever so until after a series of switchbacks it opens up and you see a massive log cabin that looks like it is in the process of being constructed or something happened to it uh to make it this way but it looks like 
just like uh, her spring home, just like her summer home, it looks like the John Quills spare no expense at making a mighty fortification in the middle of no place. And this immense log cabin has a set of wooden stairs that lead up to a massive double door made of solid wood that looks like it has a tree actually carved into the heavy wooden doors of the front opening. Um, again, it is kind of dim at this point. There aren't any lights on inside, and the snow has kind of swept up to the edges. But with a overhanging opening, uh, with an overhanging uh, opening stoop, you can actually kind of get out of the snow here. Corey uh, climbs the stairs and apologizes to her friends. Um, it's not much, and it's not exactly finished, but it'll have to do for now. Did she just say this isn't much? Okay. Okay. Did, did you carve a tree into a wooden door? Because I feel like that's a little bit shitty to the tree. <laughs> Um, technically, I didn't. I think that this is actually some of my father's work. Um, it's like getting a tattoo it, of a skull on your some, face. Some right? Off it. No, it's like it's like killing someone and then tattooing. Well, okay, hold on. All right, hold on. It's like getting leathers made, armor, and then tattooing the creature that the leathers are on it. Is the door locked? The door is locked. Does she have a key? Uh, would she have been given a key? I I don't know. You tell me. Um, mm, probably not. I feel I, I feel like this is kind of an oversight on her part. Uh, she's going to try the door, uh, and then she's going to kind of look back and forth, and she's going to go and try and find the unfinished area. Okay, that is on the east side of the lodge. Yeah, she'll circle around the east side of the lodge and look for a way in. Well, thankfully, there are also windows to this building. Uh, mm -hmm. So you know that you could also face step inside of it uh, or some other kind of teleport. But if you are looking to strictly find a more physical way in, uh, that is something that you would be able to do. Make an acrobatics check. As you are climbing through the scaffolding to get into the unfinished part of the second story floor, uh, as that's where most of the openings are going to be on this. All right. Oh, natural one for two. Okay, so the three of you, as <laughs> Corey says, don't noise. worry, I'll find a way into the lodge. And disperses, goes around the side. It's very easy to hear something crash and clatter when there is no other sound happening in the general vicinity. Uh, you definitely hear Corey take 12 points of bludgeoning damage <laughs> from falling from a second story, uh, from the second floor. I'll go. We'll walk to the side. Let's just not mention it when she comes back. Gwen says to Arjan. <laughs> the door unlocks from the inside. She's all disheveled. She's all like, found it. <laughs> Good job, Corey. 
um, she will let you all in. Okay. Um, yeah, and as you enter into this building, there is a room immediately to your left that looks like a kitchen dining area style thing that then extends out into a uh like a more open seating area and in front of you there is a foyer a little walking space that then opens up and you actually see what looks like a set of stairs that lead up and then branch out left and right cyber you called it in the chat this is actually based off of the the lodge the washington lodge from until dawn oh fuck hate and that digo hey that we're gonna get eaten by some fucking wendigos <laughs> Not if I eat you first. <laughs> Promise. It, you will be the Wendigo. And then you become oh. the Wendigo. That is how it goes. And now that we've spoiled the entirety of Until Dawn. Welcome. Well, one of the endings. Anyways, so <laughs> you can go into this area and there is no snow in this a general area. Corey is kind of like tread some with her traveling through here, having come from the outside. Uh, but thankfully, it looks like there is actually more of a rest area here. Um, there's no snow. So you don't believe that Cypress is actually able to track you inside of this building, uh, thankfully. There's probably a fireplace that she can go and start throwing some wood into to try and warm up the area a little bit. Yeah. She starts making a fire. Um, there are some guest rooms upstairs. Uh, you can all just um, pick a room out if you'd like. Like I said, it's not finished yet. Uh, Gwen books it to check all the rooms <laughs> to find the best one. Okay, sounds good. Gwen, uh, as you were looking around, you find the master bedroom, uh, which was going, which is slash was going to be Corey's uh, future place of residence. And it has a large, uh, like, it has a, like a king size bed. It has these really nice, tr uh, what almost look like trees that grow up from the floor into the ceiling that create this four poster bed frame along the side there are these very uh ornate like autumnally orange colored uh curtains that seem to be parted on either side like this looks like a comfy comfy place uh and as you go to lay on the bed uh to like check it out Danae, what is uh what is Corey's preferred bed? Because like everybody has like a preferred firmness to the place where they sleep, and I want to know if Corey's bed is of a firmness that Gwen would actually find like bearable to sleep on or unbearable. It, it's got to be like almost rock hard, but like lots of pillows. That's perfect for Gwen because she's just sleeping on the floor. Aww. Okay, so Gwen has taken the master bedroom. You have to, like, dump all of the pillows off to get it to a firmness that you like. Nah, she just, like, burrows into them, so she's, like, between a bunch of pillows, and you just see her feet sticking out. Later tonight, Corey's gonna 
<laughs> gonna flop into bed and just find a Gwen in there. All right, so Arjan, Kalem, and Corey are all on the central floor in the main sitting area. Gwen has rushed off upstairs to find the best room for herself. And it's not like screamed or made any other kind of like, oh my God, there's a Wendigo here. Like there's nothing. It's just a house, an empty house. A little cold, especially with the east end not being completed. So there is actually like a natural draft that is coming through. Do we need to do anything to prepare for this ritual? Just rest yourself. Arjun will nod and just like... Uh, I'm... I'm guessing there's just like a, a fainting couch or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there. A shea like lounge. Lounges across of it, across it with his crossbow on his lap. Yeah, Coriol. I was gonna Good. just set up in the lounge as well. Yeah. I think Corey will just sort of kneel in front of the fire and sit there for a while. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. And you're all able to take a short rest during this time. Unless you would like to lead into a long rest. Entirely up to you guys. This whole time, Arjan is just, like, sitting with his crossbow across his chest and just, like, reaching down into his bag of holding and just getting snacks the entire He's time. doing the dad chair thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think Gwen is going to sleep unless somebody wakes her up. <laughs> I think a long rest would be nice. Caleb's going to write in his book to Mr. and Saloon. Okay. And it's just the message I'm beginning to remember. Okay. Make a religion check. 23. Okay. Message received. They don't have any immediate response. Uh, because that's kind of a hefty message. And right now it's more just like... You've seen that they have seen it, and they will contemplate a result to be able to send back. Um, and Corey, as you are looking at the fire, getting everything ready, Arjan is just eating snacks out of his bag. Gwen is asleep in the room upstairs. Uh, the three of you who are currently awake actually hear a knock on the door. Firebolt is getting primed in Calum's hand. Corey will stand up and just kind of like put a placating hand out towards Calum, um, and she will approach the door. Um, there's probably like a peaky hole that like that is like carved into the knot hole of the tree on the outside, and she like it will peek through. Okay. And as you are peeking through. You see that there is a hooded figure that is shorter than Cypress, not blue and icy. Uh, they seem to be wearing these kind of wide-looking shoes that almost look like a beaver tail on the bottom. Uh, and as you are looking at them and like getting a getting a better idea of what they look like, it doesn't seem like they are have actually been walking like through the snow. They're walking ever so slightly on top of it. 
and they just kind of have this like very dark brown robe that they have or cloak pulled out around them and you see a not like a gnarled hand that is more like auburn orange in color uh with these almost sharp fingernails just snap their fingers and any of the snow that is on their cloak just seems to melt off and as you are looking through they just seem to look there and kind of fidget a little right. take a deep she'll... breath and then it looks like they're going to knock again yeah she'll open the door and when you open the door you are met with a figure that you can see with their cloak over their head is actually concealing what look to be like twin ram horns that circle under and there are two small motes of embers that seem to rest where this creature's eyes are and they look up towards you and they say the grand matron said there would be visitors and that is where we are going to go onto our break for the evening. So I would like to say, even though it's a little bit early, thanks everybody for sticking around. We're going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go to a place unless it's to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice. And we'll see you guys shortly. All right, everybody. See you soon. Uh, and we're back. Steven. Yes. Hey, viewers, did you know that our lovely art and assets are done by the lovely DanaeKeener.com? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're supposed to be fucking with Steven. And yes. if you would like, you can buy, you can buy your very own DanaeKeener.com merch at IndoorAdventure.RedBubble.com. We got t-shirts, uh, we got mugs, backpacks, throw is pillows. Is that comic fucking sand? It is comic it is sand. <laughs> So if you'd like your very own DanaeKeener.com merch, hey, guess what? We got you covered. Oh, I love my friends. <laughs> so, Hello, yes. My name's Danae. I love my friends. This was actually a very nice tri-poly blend. Oh, nice. Is that the is that the three-fourths baseball cut? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's a good shirt. That's actually what I'm wearing, but the I've seen some crit. Anyway, so you guys, uh, Gwen is asleep upstairs. The rest of you, uh, Calum and Arjan, are in this small waiting room, uh, sitting room area. Arjan is lounging on a couch, eating dad snacks out of a bag with his crossbow propped up on his chest. And Calum is uh, currently doing uh, the writing challenge for November. Corey, you have gone up to the door. Uh, after uh, some knocks, and as you opened it, um, you were met by this hooded figure uh, who expressed that they were expecting guests. I'm afraid you're the guest here, friend. This is my domain. Of this I am aware, yeah. Uh, please, uh, may I come in? Uh, I mean you no harm. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? And she unfurls her cloak, uh, and you can see that you are communicating uh, with a hag, actually. Uh, this is not a satyr. This is not a fawn. Uh, make a nature or arcana check to identify this hag in particular. Alrighty. May I also? 15. A 15? Yes, Arjan, you would be able to as well. 
uh, history or arcana? Yeah. 17. 17? Uh, you would both recognize this individual as a dusk hag. <laughs> I was told by the Grand Matrons that you would be eventually coming to Duskridge, so I thought that I would be the welcoming party. Um, again, may I come in? It's rather cold outside. Little chilly. By, by the Grand Matron, you do mean Alura? Uh, yes. Um... I was told to treat all of our guests who are not currently possessed by an all-powerful ring uh, with a little bit of dignity and respect, so I am being a kind neighbor. Well, wait until around. Come in. We'll, we'll see how that changes. Please do come in. Oh, thank you. And uh, as she gets into uh, the foyer, you actually see that she is wearing these they look like snowshoes and as she gets in the bottom part that is like that expanded wider sh uh that wider boot kind of then sidles down into a standard uh thing and she says uh shoes on or off uh grand matron was always very specific no shoes in the house so i just want to make sure that it is same rules different rules this is your abode i don't want to impose whatever makes you most comfortable at the moment i don't think we're putting in rules quite yet at least not until the house is finished uh, shoes on it is i don't want my toes to get cold how do you well sorry we don't have milk or sugar but i can get you some tea Ooh, get closer to the fire. Oh, thank you. It is so cold outside. Uh, my, you may call me uh, Sister Solana. It is nice to meet you. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, you are the Kaelin of the Fallen Leaves. Uh, you kind of have that all... Well, you're the only Aladrin that I see here, so I am going to assume. Very same. It's very nice to meet you, Solana. And to who do I have the pleasure of uh, sharing the warmth of the fire with? Cory kind of looks to Kayla and the Darjan. I don't. Uh, Ar Arjan has been subtly moving his crossbow so that it is always trained very near this hag. Kalem. Arjan doesn't speak. You'll have to forgive Arjan. He can be a bit jumpy. Well, just as I told your friend outside, before I was even let into your establishment, I was told by the Grand Matron herself to treat you all with respect, dignity that I would any other kind of uh, professional figure here in the Feywild. So, please, be at ease. I hold no ill will towards you. I am a good child. Be that as it may, Arjan is never at ease. It's, it's understandable. Now, I just want to say, we'll come in. Uh, Corey will casually walk over, grab a broom, and then like beat on the ceiling to summon Gwen. Gwen, make a perception check. You are sleeping, covered in blankies. But somebody is like, knock, 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 trying to get your attention. So it wouldn't be a disadvantage. Oh, okay. 21. I was going to say, if it was a disadvantage, nine. No. Thankfully, Just it is me. flat. 
Uh, Gwen, you have been on edge the entire time that you have been in the Feywild. Your danger sense kicks in. Like, like your spirit is effectively slapped by Grayskull, being like, someone's trying to get a hold of you! Uh, <laughs> like, it's like sleeping with your phone on vibrate on a wooden surface right next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are expecting an important call at all times. Gwen, like, vampires up out of bed. Ah! Oh, good, she got the message. She'll, like, shuffle down. Her, like, hair's kind of a mess. Her eyes are very baggy. She's holding an axe, and she, like, just jumps into the room. What? Uh, hello? I hope you slept well, Gwen. Good night. This is a friend. Her name is Solana. No kill. We're being raided. <gasps> Blake Dog, oh. thank you for the raid! <laughs> I thought you were like the house. Oh, no mask! Thank you for the raid! Hi! Double Happy double raid! Happy, Happy birthday, Kylan! We love you. Jill Fayen was the best of us. So. Wait. So. so we're, we're not being attacked? I should hope not. This would prove very poorly for me. So what? Why am I out? Why should you wake me up? Oh, I figured you might want to be present for this. Hello, my name is Solana. Hi, Solana. What is your name? Gwen. It's very nice to meet you, Gwen. You have wonderful friends. Would you like some tea? She looks at Corey like, is it, is it cool? Uh, Caitlin I... was making a pot already. Oh, yeah. okay. It's, your friend is making tea. some. <laughs> Just... Yeah, yeah. Gwen like sits down on the couch next to Arjan, like in the who's sitting in the chair, and she's just like, like half awake, trying to process what's happening. Corey will pull up a couple of pillows. Um, she'll kneel on one and offer one to Solana. Oh, thank you. I've been waiting in this town for quite some time now, waiting for, well, visitors. I've been doing my best, stay out of the snow, it's not that great. Uh, but thankfully, you all arrived, and now I have actual people to talk to. Yeah, the residents of this place. Have you ever been alone? Truly yeah. alone, inside of a city? It gets very boring. Sometimes you just need to see people mulling about their day in the background. Even other Kill. figures. So I may have made a few scarecrows aware of the fact that they should be going out and doing some things. Corey nudges uh, whoever's next to her and just told you there were scarecrows. Caleb just they has this not look like scarecrows. What do scarecrows look like where you are from? It's not like no. I had access to vegetation to put, like, a pumpkin on their head. It would have rotted by then. Perhaps that works fine. Uh, More murderous intent, I suppose. They were not murderous. If I wanted to make a murderous scarecrow, I would have put giant swords on their hands. But they would have made picking things up very difficult. Maybe, like, pressure. It's like chopsticks. Pitchforks. You know, that also would have been a good idea. Thank you, Caleb. I will remember that. Next batch, pitchfork hands. Be very good for farming as well. Solana, um, 
what, forgive me, but um, if, if this seems forward, but what, why are you here? Again, I was told to wait here for all of you to come. Mm -hmm. And for what purpose exactly? Well, uh, I believe that there is uh, an issue with a certain item of renown not exactly being, uh, how you say, uh, up to snuff. I see. Yeah? So I was uh -huh. here to help out your group uh, as the Grand Matron saw it, uh, help you traverse the snows, uh, go by a little undiscovered. In exchange for what? What do you mean? This is something I have been asked to do. This is not something I have been asked to then seek out and find a trade for. I'm sorry. It, it I'd seems... like to make an insight check. Yeah, make an insight. Kaelin will fill uh, Gwen in. She's okay. one of Alira's girls. 21. At 21, she seems genuinely on the level. It looks like she was asked by her superior, by her superior, to help she doesn't have an ill intent necessarily you guys beat up her mom and so her mom owes you owes you a favor hey who was that i believe you own her house now oh sorry man oh, she was pretty sweet after a while though isn't she so you have to forgive gwen she just woke up she looks very sleepy. Some tea would actually help you in this. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm in that wunderbar. state where I'm like tired and I feel like I'm going to have to go back to sleep in like the next like 20 minutes. So I'm trying to remain in that tired state. You know, like when you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you don't turn on the light and you try to remain asleep while you're going to the bathroom. She just that gives how like, accidents happen. Big nod. He has a point, but also agree. That makes a lot of sense. Wait, Gwen, you don't have dark vision. That is very dangerous for you. What is dangerous? Because I can't see at night. I can't fix that. It's not like I can just do it. What do you do when there's when there's a coffee table in the way? You might bump your shins. It's like I check Gwen in the I chair. Gwen <laughs> <laughs> like looks around like I grew up with Goliaths, Corey. Like all the tables I could just walk under. I hadn't considered that. Some of us can't afford coffee tables. <laughs> Ooh, damn, son. Solana. Yeah. Um, as you can see, we are taking a rest, um, getting ready for the next leg of our journey. Ah, yes. um, if you would like to, you are welcome to stay with us. Um, and accompany us during the ritual, as it seems that you want to help us with that. Why does it sound like it's such a weird idea that I would want to help out my friends? You've all been so nice, you let me into your home, you know my mother. She set up this play date, she said it was okay. <laughs> if you all would like to rest, I can set up some wards outside. Is this your home? Are you squatting? Are you not supposed no. to be here? No, this this is my home, yes. 
I will take your word for it, Caleb. But I can set up some wards outside. Make sure that snowfall, maybe not directly on the building. So there's also a hole in the east side. But put up more wards there. I can make sure you can all get rest, relax here at this lodge. That would be lovely. I very much appreciate that. Well huh. then, first things first. Caleb? Pours her a cup of tea. Ah. Thank you. And she will take the tea and take a sip. Is this leg tea or is this normal no, tea? No, it's normal tea. All right, cool. Cam will raise his glass and just say Prost and then drink. Prost. It's not a word I have heard in quite some time. Uh, and she will take a little sip of tea and you see that she like closes her eyes has a little bit of a smile like, mm. ask a second. I shall go take care of this. You all have a pleasant rest. Try and get some sleep. Pray do not kill you in the morning. Ah, ah, any fans of the Mama's Play Princess Bride here? No? Okay. okay. I've read the book. <laughs> what? It's a line where one of the characters gets captured by a pirate and they say, pray don't kill you in the morning and it happens over the course of the next couple of years and then he reveals uh -huh. that he is indeed... And no he'll spoilers! Go on Do not ruin it for them! <laughs> Echoes from the halls of the house. But yeah, so Selena is going to set up some wards and guards around your home to make sure that you are not identified as being residents here uh, by the great winter spirit. Uh, so you guys are more than welcome to take a long rest. Do that. One shuffles out of the room and back into the bed. <laughs> Corey will spend um, some time downstairs with the others. Uh, and during the last four hours of uh, the longer rest, uh, Corey will go upstairs and flop into bed with Gwen. When you wake up, she's spooning you. You mean jetpacking? Yeah. <laughs> Backpacking. Amazing. She's utterly attached to your leg. Corey accepts, accepts her fate. <laughs> when she comes back downstairs, is Gwen still koala'd onto her? If you get, if she goes vertical, I feel like that would wake her up. I see. Alright. Partway <sighs> through the long rest after Caleb's had done, like, attuning his items and fixing his spells, uh, he'll find Solana. Muted. You are muted. And Solana has just gotten done, really, with the whole uh, warding process of the house. Uh, and as you arrive, just, ah, oh, Mr. Caleb. Hi, uh, Miss Solana. He'll flip to the back of his book. I had some questions. Yeah. What kind of questions? Yes, I am capable of falling in love. Thank you. <laughs> uh, mm, more on covens i know that three is a 
magic number for you, but in the case of two spellcasters, would they both have to be from the same coven to join power, or would it potentially work? What are you saying, work? Like, if, like, can I be in a coven with, like, a green hag and a bear hag? Or can I be in a coven with somebody who does not know hedge magic? Yes. Or could you make a temporary coven for the time being to bolster our magic? Well, I have not tried to be in a coven for quite some time. I've sort of been by myself, enjoying it, living it up, the single life, yeah? Uh, but I think that if you were to... Uh, have you ever had a bond with somebody? Have you ever had, like, a twin? Do you have a twin? Not that I know of. So imagine you shared uh, a lifeline with somebody, uh, that there was some sort of thread uh, that was connecting you and them, and you were able to infuse that with magical energy from both sides. They would have to be equal in strength. Because if you have one side that has more strength than the other, it creates more of like a tipping scale situation. Uh, that is why we typically don't go outside of a uh, uh, specific kind of hags for forming covens. It makes things very difficult because then you get a dominant member of the hag. It's uh, one of the reasons I have been a single haggling for so long. Now, when you get three, then it becomes a situation where you want to make sure that the three of you are on equal power. And three is important because that is one of our sacred numbers, because that is however many points are if you take your hand like this and hand like this and put them together, that creates a three-pointed symbol. That is where your magic can come from, a center point. So you breeze in and lightning bolt. I am not going to do it now because that would be rather rude in a house that I do not own. But you can see what the overall idea would be. So if you were to want to form a coven, well, there's a difference between saying that somebody is your twin and then being somebody's twin, yeah? So you would have to figure out a way to allow another to access your reservoirs of magic. And then together, you and that other person would be able to combine that magic into something greater. Does that make sense? Well, not as hard. It's like two snowballs. You merge them together, you get a bigger snowball. Or, say, two glasses of water trying to pour into a third. Too much of either, it overflows. You have to find the balance. Yes. So, so long as you are able to find that balance, maintain that balance... That is why normally the hags that you find in covens are similar-minded. If you have one whose idea of what to do is different than the other, things can kind of, again, fluctuate, get uh, difficult, difficile. What about a temporary contract that benefits both of us for the duration until the end of the ritual to empower the ring Coriander has? It's still a like-minded purpose. 
So you're trying to form a coven with myself, you and the Caleb? Is that what you are suggesting? No, I... You and I. I think a primordial's power would be a bit overwhelming. I think so as well, which is why I was very curious. Also, the fact that... As far as I'm aware, Kaelin's magic is different than the kind of magic that I have. Mine is more of a natural thing. I don't really... Uh, I learn it, but not in the same way. Like I get uh, sounds or sights or something similar that allows me to then realize, oh, that is how... Like if a bird makes a specific call then I learn the way that the bird makes the call and then that is the same way that I cast my spell versus I... Are you the same way? Like you feel the magic in you or are you more of a glasses uh, smells like book individual? Old books. Old books. I don't know if we would be able to necessarily uh, party for this. We could try. I, being a coven, has... It's been a while. But is this something that I would be willing to attempt? It would take some time, but now that this place is safe, time is what we have. Hmm. All right. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's already winter here. <laughs> For the most part, I can adjust to. I can try and adjust. I guess it's time for a phase favorite part contracts. You want to make a contract with me? <laughs> I'm not ready for such a thing. And she pulls out a contract from the sleeve of her cloak. <laughs> All right, now, before we begin. I promise the Grand Matron that I would treat you with respect. So, what all are you hoping to get out of this contract? Do you want to join into a coven with me? Do we have a third? You need to have three. Again, magic number joins in the hands. We don't have a third spellcaster. So, we cannot make a coven. I can assist you with magics, but without a third. not yeah. be able to help hmm. mm -hmm. let me how many more hours do we have left well you guys are in a safe place you were finishing a long rest you were probably about four hours remainder Corey went up to go take a big sleepy which is probably why she did not talk you out of joining a coven with a hag uh, but the house has been warded. There are no snows that are capable of entering into here. So technically, you're safe for as long as you choose to remain here. Because again, in this place, winter has already come. Can I arcana check her to see if we're in the same power ballpark? Yeah. What's the scouter say about her power level? I got an 18. An 18? Uh, you would guess that her power level 
you are stronger than she is in terms of like raw number crunch, but she possesses powers that you don't fully understand. What if I take double the load then? That is very risky. That would be incredibly dangerous. Are you sure that you are all right with this? What's the worst that can happen? It's already winter. Magical feedback into yourself that could possibly render you inert for a set amount of time. Other than that, perhaps a magical surge you are used to these things you said you're more a uh, book oriented individual so i don't think that you would be but every <sighs> once in a while a spellcaster will do something more magic comes in especially in the feywild it's a little it's a little wild here if this is what you wish if you would like to try and form a coven just you and i was you taking two thirds of the overall load? This is something I would be able, I would do with you. But no, it is dangerous. He'll raise a finger, walk back into the living room. Arjun. Arjun's the only one up at this point. He begins to outline his plan. So I'm going to enter a temporary coven into a temporary coven with the witch. Hopefully that gets our power to a point where we can take on as many of these snow fuckers as we can. Do you have a third? No. I propose that I take double the load. Get a third or don't do it. We don't have a third. Nothing that can match up unless you want me to go and ask Corey to be our third and then have a primordial surge through us honestly might work out a little bit better in your favor I feel like I can do this Legitimately, Arjan. I've done the research into the weave. I've done countless experiments, both on myself and on with magic. This is in my portfolio, at the very least. You asked for my opinion, and I gave it. Clearly, I can't talk you out of this. 
And honestly, I'm tired of trying. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay, and we'll leave. This tea is wonderful. Where did you find this? Chamomile and lavender. So it makes sense. That's why it has such a smooth taste to it. What did your friend say? He was against it. It makes sense. He seemed to be a little bit judgmental of me and mine. As soon as I came in, he was like always pointing his crossbow towards me. I know he's a little jumpy, but... We've had some still. bad experiences with hags, no offense. There we are not some... all terrible. Well, there were some brewer hags, and they were... They killed me. Those ones are, are terrible. The brewer hags are most often just the worst. He'll whip out a quill. Yes? This might take all night. Then let's get cracking. And she unfurls this piece of parchment, sets it down onto a table. I'm going to need you to sign here. I'm oh, he's going to read it first. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> it is. Make an insight check or an arcana check. It's better. It's arcana. Uh, 27. Okay, with a 27, this is the most quote-unquote fair fey contract that you've ever seen. If anything, normally it's reserved for like two-thirds of X belongs to the fey. One-third of X belongs to you. But in this situation, the way that you're setting up this fey contract is that you are going to be taking two-thirds of the responsibility of this coven. She is going to be taking one-third of the responsibility of this coven. She will have access to some of your spells. You will have access to some of her abilities. Upon entering into this coven, the only way to get out of said coven is to die. One of you does need to die in order to escape the coven. That is how covens work with the Fae. And this bit right here says that in case one of us dies, then the contract will break. Otherwise, we are friends. We are buddies. I'll be getting a copy of this, correct? If you would insist, yes, I suppose, that we can write out another one. We'll take documentation a little bit of time. documentation. As long as on the second copy we don't sign it again, then it doesn't create like a double. Because uh. most of these contracts, as soon as all of the paperwork is signed, then you know. So, so how about this? We leave your signature off the second one. We leave it to blank. You'll nod. He's amenable. And you can keep a copy of this blank Fay Coven contract. And yeah. I will leave the uh I will leave the percentages open to interpretation. Yeah. Caleb begins to sign. Okay. So Caleb, 
Uh, you will be gaining an additional uh, fourth, fifth, and third level spell slot while you are within thirty feet of this uh, of this other hag. Um, when you are, if there is a spell that is a ritual, um, you are able to cast it at a level higher than it would normally be able to be cast per member of the coven that is there with you. So if it's like ritual spell level three, if a coven member is there, it is then a level four. Okay. That sort of thing. Um, and I can get you some of her spells that is correct lantern noir i will take things that couldn't possibly go wrong for 300 alex uh and calum you learn while within 30 feet the dream spell legend lore and hypnotic pattern dope So yes, congratulations. You have entered into a coven with a dusk hag. Could possibly go wrong. It's just book club. Who <laughs> went in the Feywild and are right, fellas? Might me get out Billy. I'm too tired for Billy. <laughs> Sorry, it was dream hypnotic pattern and And uh legend lore. Legend lore. Cool. Caleb, roll a D one hundred for me. One. Oh, that's the bad one, isn't it? Hey, so <laughs> remember when she said if you enter into a coven? So I should roll like five more times, right? No. So oh, you know no. how how. With Tensor's transformation, you can't cast spells until the transformation's over. Yeah. Until this coven is broken, you aren't sure how you can cast wizard spells. You still have access to your cleric spell list. Great. Meanwhile, the dusk hag looks like she is overflowing with power and is very happy about the whole thing. Ah, do we have any bacon? Okay. What happened to you? <laughs> so, Caleb, that happens. You have time to realize that you are having difficulty casting certain magics. Uh, and it feels like there is like like a a length of a tree right but then an axe has been jabbed into it there is a significant disruption in the overall natural pattern of said tree you feel like your coven is currently an axe head in your connection to the weave he'll crack his neck i have worked with less so it is now early morning uh Zelena, Solena, Solana, who is there, is feeling really good, 
super energized, offers to make you all breakfast. So, Gwen, you do wake up to the smell of brekkie in the morning. It just happens to be being made by a currently overcharging dust hag. Ugh. That bacon? Ah, guten Morgen, friend Gwen. Did you sleep? God, not. Who needs to sleep when you are in such a wonderful coven? Okay. I feel energized and ready to go like a it's like a container for electricity that you could put into other things and then have that electricity transfer to it and then have them right, just let's like stop go. Stop talking crazy here, okay? This is not talking crazy. I could talk crazy towards you if you like. I could get some of the scarecrows. They no, are proficient and crazy. Coffee, coffee first. Gwen sits on the counter, drinking her coffee, eating her bacon, waiting for everyone else. Still, I get like a hat or a broom, or is that a little too stereotypical? You can have a hat or a broom if you like. It's not part of the whole connections that we have with each other. We feel something visceral. You are like my twin now. Why do you need a hat? Because he's part of the coven. Didn't I make that clear? Would you like syrup with your pancakes? Uh, yeah. What coven? What should we name ourselves? We could have team jackets. It's not going to be for that long. It will be for that long. Did you not read the contract? It's until one of us dies. Do you expect to die anytime soon? I don't expect to die anytime soon. Do you play foosball? It's like you have little people on sticks that you twirl and they try and knock a ball back and forth into like a goal at the either end of a table. It's very fun. Corey! Hash browns? Corey! It's like shredded potatoes that you kind of grill. This step? Oh, Corey, comes Corey come here! <laughs> Corey comes down the stairs. What's wrong, Glenn? Nothing is wrong. I had half a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Okay, pause. Caleb right. and this person. My name is Solana. You can call me sister. I'm basically like a twin to your friend Caleb now are now in a coven, and until one of them dies, they're in a coven? Are we cool with this? Which is usually how covens work, yes. Oh, thank you. Somebody is finally speaking sense here. Uh, Corey kind of looks between the two of them. Uh, she crosses her arms, rubs her chin, looks at Caleb and says, have you got this handled? Thumbs up. All right. And it's fine. So cool. What... Yeah, no, it's fine. It's totally seems safe. It's totally Auskasignet. That's the word that you want to say when things are like out of this world. It's Auskasignet. What is that? Is that Feyen? It's Sylvan. Uh, I don't speak Sylvan. Open for adventure! Danke for rating us with 36! <laughs> Some stuff is happening, guys. Stephen has too much power with this accent. We need to <laughs> He's grown too powerful. We must stop him. It's almost like I took German in high school. <laughs> oh, I can't Bows. even bask in the schadenfreude. <laughs> so, hash browns, 
bacon. I assume that there will be no bacon. I get a sense, a twin sense, this UK one, but the bacon is not for you. I can make some pancakes, though. Don't worry. Calum uh, is going to just head outside real quick and motion for Corey to follow him. All right. She will. There is about a 15-foot gap from the edge of the house in all directions where snow is not currently falling. He'll walk to, like, within 10 feet of the gap. This coven is only temporary. I see. I'm going to need you to prep one of those diamonds. I see. I don't like it. We need... God, what's a good analogy? There are no guns in this world yet. Diantha has a gun. Red, we need all the fire. Redick also has, had a guns. Gun. Yeah. has a gun. We there need are all fire. the firepower we can get. I understand. I hope... I... I wish it hadn't come to this. Well, it has. Should say that maybe I shouldn't have made the coven, but... I can't expand my horizons if I keep getting pigeonholed by nose. I think that you understand more than anyone that there is a cost to power. And it seems to be that this is a cost that you're willing to pay. Well, this is one of the costs that was foreseeable at the very least. So at least I can compensate for it. All right. can't say it's any worse than what I've done with the Raven Queen's true name. That name I gave you on the rooftop. Use that one. She nods. I'm... Caleb, I've thought a lot about it lately. And I think that you can relate. I've never been afraid to die. I've just been afraid of what would happen if I wasn't there. I trace it back and everything bad that's ever happened has happened because I wasn't there. I'm going to be there for you. Caleb takes a step forward and hugs her. Thanks, Corey. She's stiff for a moment, then she hugs him back. <sighs> Let's get this ring charged up. 
and Caleb, you also know this drain on magic that you feel is only when you are within coven distance of your coven sister. So if I'm 30 feet away, then... Yeah, then, oh, God, like that axe head in the tree is gone. I have access to all my magics again. But it was just in the process of making the coven. I feel like every time he walks back in, he just feels a thump to his gut. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Meanwhile, breakfast with Arjan, Solana, and Gwen. How's that going? Would you like any coffee? You look like a big eater. Thanks. I eat a lot, but it's like I try. I work it off a lot. The trick Burn a lot is, of calories. The trick is a little bit of vanilla goes a long way. Yeah. Sorry, who are you again? My name is Solana. I am one of the, well, one of the daughters of the Grand Matron. Like a she's, granddaughter. She's with Alira. And just, oh, okay. Grand Matron told me you are going to be receiving visitors. You should try and treat them well. So I did treat them well. And but this isn't your house, right? Great. No, this is your your friend Corey said that this was her your your friend Zakela and said that this was her house. So I just right. Assumed. No, I didn't. You just said that you were expecting visitors. Yes, I thought to you the meant city. like to the town. That's good. Oh. And you made those scary skeleton people? They're not scary. They just have personalities. Some of them are like frowny. Others are happy. Some are wearing like old vegetables on their head. I haven't been able to find new vegetables in a little bit, but don't tell them. They are very sensitive about this. But they are just having a time, going about their duties. I just... I, I wander around the town sometimes, and I would get bored just seeing snow and nothing. So I figured, okay, what could I do to possibly have life here that didn't have a heartbeat and wasn't super grim? So I did not do anything grim. I made the scarecrows animate, and they are doing their scarecrow best. So you created the Uncanny Valley. Is that what we should call this place? My vote is for it. When people finally come back, we can say hello and welcome in to the Uncanny Valley. It rolls off the tongue very well. All right. I'm not 100% on what's going on here, but, like, this is some damn good breakfast, so I'll let oh, it slide. thank you. I take pride in my breakfast. Yeah. That's wait, a wait, wait. lot of carbs. I know one word. In Sylvan. Yeah. Fushtuk. That means breakfast. <laughs> it means breakfast. It's the way you say it does not make it sound like breakfast. You're saying like breakfast. That's, yes. They're good. <laughs> Gwen nods and drinks her coffee. I'm sorry. Yes. The, the, impl the implication that uh, Sylvan is German means that when Corey calls Oakenfield, um, she says Starden hard and bar than dart. That's Sylvan! German Sylvan always works. <laughs> German always works. Oh my god. 
most people make Sylvan to be a very like flowing and you know like melodic language. Yeah, not it's German. German. But, but we prefer our Feywild to be very Grimm's fairy tales. <laughs> oh, so yes, uh, all of you Anklings have arrived for breakfast or getting fed by said dusk hag. Uh, so the plan is to then go to the ritual site and begin the ritual of Rife. Is there anything else that you would like to do in the mornings? Have a breakfast that isn't, in, isn't composed entirely of carbs. She will make you whatever breakfast you want. Uh, Kalen is going to be 30 feet away from her while she does this. But contingency false life into his armor. Okay. And then he's gonna take another short rest to replenish the six level spell slot he used up with arcane recovery. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. While you do that, I need to take a quick step to his side. What are you doing? Me? Yeah. Uh, he is outside casting Contingency False Life on himself. Okay. Alright, so like, what the fuck are we gonna do now? Well, we Our... need to go to the furnace and perform the ceremony. And uh -huh. also let Scorchbane know what we're doing. Right. Or when we're doing it. Precisely. Right. Okay, so like, but what exactly are we doing? Because this it's kind of just a lot of magic bullshit to me, honestly. I, I mean, I guess you and I are mostly keeping watch. That I can do. I mean, I'm pretty short, but, like, if we fly around, it'll be fine. We are intended to be a distraction here. So it is entirely possible that you will have to face the forces of the undead. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I'm down. Whatever. All right. Just as long as you don't expect me to do magic stuff. No, I don't expect you to do magic things. Cool. All right. How long does the ritual typically take? You know... Corey, you would know that the ritual takes roughly about 10 minutes. Roughly about 10 minutes. As soon as we start it, then they're going to be coming after us. Should we try and ward the place before we start? It's not a bad idea. I would, can... that, would that defeat the purpose? We uh, ward the place for defense. Okay. At least if they besiege us, we have a little bit of an advantage over them. Is that something you can do? Looking to uh, Solana? I can do my best to... So I can ward like a non-detection kind of thing. I can't necessarily prevent people from coming into that area. I can try. I'm feeling rather strong with my twin next to me. Are there any towers that surround that area? There are very tall trees. You could treat as a tower. 
Do you have like a wood shape spell? I do have creation, not creation, um, fabricate. fabricate. Could fabricate a tree into a tower? Well, something a little bit more conspicuous, or conspicuous. If Arjun were to post up in it, cast non-detection on him, he can snipe without being revealed by the snow. Then why would you want a tower? Why not just have, like, some boards up? Like, have you ever been hunting deer? You don't need, like, a whole place up in the tree. You just need some boards to just, like, sit. Why would you sit when you're hunting? Because you wait for the animal to come to you. You don't go and hunt them. <laughs> Maybe the way you hunt, but when we hunt, we go get them. To each their own. We are looking for form over or a function over form at this point. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Honestly for me, I could just post up an entry regardless. Okay. Then we should be able to do this without problem. I think we were thinking of something more defensible. Uh, she nods. Even just like a little ice barrier. Or I could once the ritual gets going, wall of force Corey in until it's completed. All that. That is also an option. I hear you. That is also an option. I like that. So when... is that the plan? Yep. I think, that, I think that's the plan. Would you would you be able to do that and also contact Scorchbane? Or I would can. that tap you out? Scorchbane. That'd be fine. You've made yourself we... quite a few allies along this journey. This is why we rested. So that we'd have all of our powers available to us. Alright, well, once everyone feels rested and ready to go, I shall lead the way. Cool. Alright, so... You are able to easily get this underway. Uh, and Zolana, or Solana, as soon as she gets back out onto the snow, you see that her boots expand outward and she has these like winter walking boots, uh, more like snowshoes that she uh, has. And as she walks over the snow, she doesn't even leave an indentation. It seems like there is actually a slight little buffer between her shoe and the actual snow tops themselves that allows her to traverse atop them. You all, however, are not as lucky uh, not having these boots of the Winterland at your disposal. Uh, so you're forced to kind of trudge through the snows. But luckily, you traveled through here yesterday. Uh, it is not something that you have to, like, make a save for or anything. It just takes a little bit of time. 
And as you are going down the uh, pathway and get out towards the open area, um, Solana will uh, raise one of her hands and make a beckoning motion from the town. And uh, she says, here are my children here. Here are over here. And as you are all making your way to the to this amphitheater of the ancients, to where the primordial can reawaken, you see that there is at least 20 or so scarecrows that seem to just be shambling their way out of town, making their way towards your group. And again, Solana was being truthful. Some of them do have like big frowns and like angry eyebrows. Other have like big smiles and yellow gloves that they're wearing on their hands. It looks like they were washing the dishes, that sort of thing. Like these scarecrows are a variety of humanoid types uh, in terms of personality from what you can see based off of their overall gear. But they are all just like rat shamble making their way forward uh to this area where solana is motioning them when you get to this amphitheater you see that it extends slightly down into a landing down into a landing down into a landing and these gradual descents are never more than about a foot half foot or so it's very gradual and you can see that there is a there are four separate streams that are completely frozen that look like they diverged into the bottom and there is a wooden or a stone pillar uh, that rises up and has what looks like a basin along the top and then a uh, edifice kind of carved into it that looks like it is about forearm uh, depth in size. And Corey, you know this is this is the place. This is where you would need to perform this ritual to Rife. And as you are getting into this area, Arjan and Calum, you are making your defensive post for Arjan to hold up in. Something like that. Arjan's probably just gonna like fly up to the top of the tree and uh find at least what like are. Are these trees like bigger like they are they are larger yes are, are we talking live oak or paper birch uh live oak okay so yeah he could he could definitely find like something just to like lay across and just like have a crossbow trained out yeah and there again there are no leaves or anything like that on these uh on these wooded trees uh, so it makes having a pathway that you can see trained in most any direction relatively easy. Except for, like, directly behind you, but that's big old fucking tree that's being able to hold you up. Um, you see that Solana is maneuvering her scarecrows into a defensive position around the ring of this, uh, of this small amphitheater as well. And... You guys are getting defended. Did you message Scorchbane? Calum, you're muted. I would have when the time came. Okay. And Just, uh, 30 feet away. <laughs> Scorchbane messages back. Uh, 
you have not yet received someone or something laughing happily through ascending before, but it looks like Scorchbane is using all 25 words that he gets in just laughter break, more laughing, break, more laughing, uh, and says that uh, effectively fall shall become a, a second summer. I may have done a bad thing. <laughs> Me too. Gwen is so excited. <laughs> Are the trees on fire, Clark? And Corey, as you've been maneuvering through the Autumn Isle, Wrythe doesn't speak to you in words necessarily they speak in more of like a language of emotions and you've just been getting this sense of sadness from the ring. But as you are on your way to this point of being able to rekindle this item, to refuel it with the primordial powers that it has deposited in this place, there's almost a sense of anxiety that comes with it. But you are all in this place. Corey, would you like to begin the ritual? Yes. She uh, takes the branch um, and she coats her arm in the resin. Uh, she makes sure she's wearing the ring. Um, and she holds the values of Rice close as she lights up and get started okay so you cover your you coat your arm in this resin hold on to the birch branch and in the small bowl like edifice you know that there is uh normally like you have to have like this very fancy like well to do oil that's been passed down through generate blah 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 it's fine that's normally just for pomp uh, so you fill a little bit of oil into the top of this bowl and then sticking your arm into, uh, into this edifice while holding on to the birch branch arm alight, you can see that it begins to glow with this burning aura. And as it does, the oil atop the small bowl on the stone begins to bubble. And as it does, one of the bubbles pops and a little bit of vapor escapes. A couple of the other bubbles pop and more vapor escapes. And as it does, Corey, you take a deep breath in and your vision goes dark. And you are no longer cold. And you are no longer in this place. Physically, you still are, but you have entered into the ritual. The rest of you can see that as Corey begins to do this, that the there is like a groaning sound that fills this amphitheater. And that groaning sound is then met with a breaking. And it seems like that strain break continues to grow and you just hear it kind of course out in every direction from where you are 
and you see looking around that those four streams that led into the base of this amphitheater, that sheet of ice that was over them, is developing cracks. And those cracks are shooting up in the directions of where those streams are. The sky above you begins to darken. And it begins to snow more heavily. And as it continues to snow, you see that it reaches a point above you and then dissipates. Seems like Solana was able to set up wards in time to prevent snowfall from entering into this area. But it is not enough to protect you from what you see at the edges coming into the woods. And Gwen, just like before, where you had seen what looked like hundreds of thousands of these winter Eladrin making their way forward, you see spaced out about 100 feet between them, winter Eladrin, winter Eladrin, winter Eladrin, winter Eladrin. And the remarkable thing that you notice about all of them is that they have the same armor. And this armor doesn't look like a master's armor. This doesn't look like someone with like nobility and training would wear. This almost looks like a student's armor on the front. And they have on their side hilt what looks like, again, more almost like a, like a beginner's sword. This isn't, from what you can see, a, a soldier. This is not somebody well-trained until you see their helm. And the helm comes down over their face and creates this deepened visage around the eyes where you can see wisps of glowing blue energy coming out from those eye holes with a straight uh, slit down towards the front where you can see a little bit of this individual's facial expression. Make a perception check. Nineteen. With a 19, you can see that while their expression is firm and full of purpose, there is what looks like tension coming from lines down from their eyes almost like water has been frozen and now they are experiencing a kind of almost frostbite from these lines that are again coming down from their eyes underneath this helm and they all look the same they all look the same and what's more they all almost look like calum they have his same softer face, a little bit larger nose, the same concerned brow. But when you have seen Calum set his mind to something, that is the same expression that each one of these individuals has. Guys, you seeing this? Yep. yep. I think that's the dude. Cyprus. Yep. I mean, his weapon's basic, but he looks like he's 
means business. If he's a Kalen, then he has magic, and I don't know what kind, but I mean, obviously, I have magic, but like beyond that. So, everyone just be careful. See what he can do first, and then we'll decide how to attack. And Gwen, when you say, let's see what he can do first, you see one of them grab their sword hilt, and almost like dominoes falling, every other Kalen in the, every other one of these winter Kalens also grabs their sword hilt. They extend it out and shield up. And then they level it towards your group. And you see that, yes, Arjan. Do I, do I get the sense that he's like calling for the charge? Make an insight check. If, if so, I would like to shoot him before he makes the, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, before this happens, Calum, just 10, <laughs> 10. Okay. Uh, Arjan, you think that this is a, a charge making motion. Okay. Yeah. I would like to shoot. Okay. Let's all roll into initiative. Corey roll into initiative as well, even though you are in the process of ritual. Hey, just in case I don't get to say it, it's been fun and thanks. Been an honor. Die. What? This is not where we die. You have been the best twin I could have ever asked for. Oh my god. <laughs> 17. Okay. 16 for me. Uh, 7. 13 for me. Okay. So. Let us do a little bit of rearranging to column B. There we go. Alright, so. Arjan, you were the first one to prep in case anything went wrong, so we will start with you. Okay, I would like to take a shot at the one leading the thing. Okay. The one that looks like the starter domino. Yeah, the the one that looks like he's... Um, yeah. Uh, is he less than 100 feet away? Yeah. What does a 22 get me? A 22 will hit. Uh, that is 10 points of force damage. Okay. Do I only get the one shot? No. Okay. Uh, a 24 will certainly hit. Okay. So for 24. 14, yeah. For 14 more points. Will a 16 hit? Uh, 16, let me check, a 16 does not hit. Oh, no. Okay. And you see, like, after the first two bolts, they this one raises up its shield, and just the shield takes the third bolt. Okay, so then it would be its turn as we go to the top of the initiative order. 
So it is going to point its sword down towards your group. So I need Calum, Gwen, and uh, Calum and Gwen to make this save. For it's a con save. Okay. For for what? Uh, or no, sorry, dexterity save. As Fuck. yeah, my bad. Sorry. Uh, as this figure, after it raises, it levels its sword towards your group, points it towards the cloud cover above, as shards of ice begin to shoot down from the cloud cover and actually pierce directly through this, like, anti-snow shield that Solana has set up. It seems like, again, it was more of a non-detection spell, not a, uh, invulnerability against magic aura. So 18. 18? Uh, 17. Okay, so an 18 is what you needed to save. So, Caleb, you are going to be taking full. Gwen, you are going to be taking half. Don't is this worry. Sleep Storm? I've had a fucking it bad time with Sleep Storm. Ice Storm! So, Caleb, uh, you are going to be taking three points of bludgeoning damage. LB, yep. you take one because it's halved. And then. Here comes the cold. Here comes the cold. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it now. No, we don't. 14, 19 points of yeah. cold damage. Do I take full or half? Uh, you would take half of that. Because you succeeded on your save. So that was that one's turn. Next up is going to be second figure who saw Arjan blasting out of a tree. So they are going to... They are going to also cast a ice storm towards you, Arjan, while you are up in the tree. So make a deck save. Uh, give me one second. I'm I'm assuming that I am prone because that's that's how I would have would have put myself. Okay. Uh, that does not change my saves. Okay, so it's a deck save? Yes. Ten. Okay, with a ten, that fails. You are going to be taking ten points of bludgeoning damage and ten points of cold damage. Unless you're still... How long does your aspect of the dragon last? Would you have taken it early? It, it takes a minute. Gotcha. So no. Or it lasts one minute, so no. Okay, sounds good. So that is their turn. Next up, Gwen. Okay, Gwen would like to tiny rage. Okay. And Gwen, um, you see that there are about five of these winter Eladrin that are making their way into the amphitheater. It seems like there are more that you can see, but like the scarecrows are currently involved with them okay. doing their best to like bat against them other uh other things that you see are like trees bending arms to try and swat at them okay uh gwen's gonna pull out the runt axe and start uh, attacking um i'm gonna do two attacks on uh, one it uh, depends on i guess how much damage they take um does a 
I assume a 26 hits. Yeah, 26 will hit. And a 14 does not. A 14 does not. Are you attacking one of the figures that is already acted? Yes. Okay, cool. Whoever's closest. Uh, whoever's closest would be one that has not gone yet to you. That's fine. Yep. All right. Uh, that is going to be 16 damage. Okay. Yabo, you did it. Yeah. Okay, next up is Kalem. Uh, so there are people walking in. Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm there sorry. are about five of them, each spaced uh, along the lip of this amphitheater, about 100 feet away from each other. Oh, they're 100 feet away from each other. Okay, so that, that changes things. Uh... Take out the numbers. I'm gonna target the one that Arjun's been shooting. Okay. And I will cast a guiding bolt at seventh level. Sure. Uh, does a twenty-one hit? Yep. Okay. Oh wait, that's the wrong dice. Oops. Kalem uh, will stride past Solana and go, uh, say. Um, I guess now's the time to properly introduce myself, and he will summon a radiant bolt of light and strike him for 44. Holy shit, okay. Solana is just, like, gobsmacked watching this. If you are not my twin! Aha! She says, fanning herself. Yeah. That was gonna be a lot cooler than I thought. Okay. And that's it for him. Corey. Inside of this dark space, you hear a you hear a voice that you recognize as the feminine voice of Rife. And they say, You have done well to come here. You have done as I asked. And for that I shall repay you. But for that, I must know one thing. And, Corey, in this darkness, you see what looks like two eyes open. And they are large. We're talking like 30-foot pupils that just seem to gaze down at you with this burning autumnal color. One question. Who are you? Phalaris was open, but you have held a truth. And I asked for one thing, and one thing only, that you be open and honest with me. So who are you? Because I know you aren't Coriander John Quill. Um, she stands uh kind of sets her jaw um and she puts her hands into fists um and she says i'm the person who's willing to do what it takes to get this done and as you say that it is now time for the next figure's turn in the initiative order 
And this figure is the one that Gwen, you just assailed with the runt axe. So they are going to engage with you in battle. Uh, so does 19 hit? Yep. Okay. So you are going to be taking... And it looks like as you're fighting them that the movements that they have are quicker than their body is responding. Like mm. this figure is very clearly under some sort of possession where a much more experienced fighter is residing in the body and form of an unexperienced fighter. But they still reach out with their sword and as they do, that is a that is eight points of slashing damage and seven points of cold damage. Okay. They are going to make a second attack for twenty-three to hit, and then eight points of slashing damage, ten points of cold. As they stab into you twice. And then, just to make sure... Okay, sounds good. Next up are two figures that have not acted yet, and they are also going to cast a second sleet or a second ice storm uh, each into the arena. So, Calum, I need you to make two more dexterity saves. Uh, 18 on one, and the other one is a six. Okay, so you will take half of this for the 18, as you saved. So that is going to be for half of 15 points of bludgeoning damage. Seven. And half of 13 uh, ice damage. Six. Okay. And then the second one, you will take the full of six points of bludgeoning and 11 points of cold. Okay. I need to do math. Okay, and then Arjan, it is your turn again. All right. For my action, I would like to take Aspect of the White Dragon. That's my turn. Okay. Sounds good. No bonus action, anything like that? Nope. Okay. Next up is the first figure that currently is glowing due to Calum's energy, and they are going to come up towards you, Calum, as you had to rush forward in order to be able to actually attack them. Um, uh, I take a reaction. Okay. I cast um, Inflict Wound at 6th level on him. Okay. Make your attack. Yeah, sorry. Does a natural 20 hit him? Oh, yeah, do. Well, that's a lot of how, dice. How many dice are you rolling? Um, About 81 necrotic worth. <laughs> uh, yeah, they go down. Uh, so, Calum, uh, what does it look like when you drop, uh, when you drop this Eladrin? Calum watches um, this Cypress clone charge and he sticks the butt end of his spear in the snow and he will wait 
wait, wait. And as he comes close, jams it into his gut and just out the other side. And then there's a flare of necrotic energy out the back. Okay. And as you do this, you watch as his form begins to break down into ice shards and then crumples down into the ground into a pile of dust. Pulls it out, shakes his hand and picks up his spear again. Cool. Next up, the second Eladrin that is currently uh, that had done an ice storm towards Arjan up in the tree. Uh, but seeing you do this, Calum, they will pull their left hand straight into a grip-like fashion. And with their right hand extend outward, you see their ring glow as a bow extends upward and downward. And they reach back and they are going to use a longbow. Yes, LB. Uh, just let me know if anyone casts. Uh, I have the mage. Mage uh, Slayer, right? Yeah. Just okay. let me know if anyone casts with we'll that. You know. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. So they are going to use a longbow towards you, Calum, but that is not enough to hit on the first strike. Second is a 24 to hit. That hits. Okay. So you are going to be taking six points of bludgeoning and four points of cold. And I believe that procs my false life. Yes. Okay. That is all that they can do. Next up, Gwen. Gwen, you have an icy Eladrin figure in front of you. You just saw Calum turn one into a smattering of dust. Um, okay, Gwen is going to use her bonus action to manifest an echo. Uh, she's going to manifest... Uh, uh, Salamarn uh, on the other side, like uh, next to a different one, maybe one that's accosting one of my friends. Okay. As long as it's within. Uh, Calum the... has one directly on him. Fair. Okay. I'll put one there. So uh, Gwen's going to attack the one that is in front of her recklessly. Reckless. Uh, that's going to be a uh, 22 on the first hit and a, oh, almost a crit. I don't crit on 19s, right? No. You do not. Wrong fighter. Uh, so then that is going to be, the first one is 19 damage. Okay. Still up? Yep. The second one is 18 damage. Okay. I, I love that I've moved up in the world and now my uh, damage is plus 10 so I don't have to worry about math. Fuck. That's a pretty good place to be. Not gonna lie. The figure that you're attacking now finally, if they had blood, would look bloodied. Uh, there are like chips and bits missing out of them. You can tell that this is an ice figure. Calum. Uh, oh shit, it's me again? How many of them can I get in a line? How long is the line? 100 feet. Two? Two. All right. Um, sixth level lightning bolt. Okay. Next save 16. Sure, sure. Natural 20. And 16. So they both save. They will take half of 42, 21. Okay. Oh, sorry. 
He moves 30 feet away from his twin and then casts it. Okay. Sounds good. So, then next up, Corey. Corey, you see these two eyes then leer down towards you. Is that all? The one who's going to get it done? I've heard this before. A thousand times before. And as they say that, you see another set of eyes open. And another. And another. And it is a wall in front of you that looks like a countless number of eyes that are sort of waving back and forth, glaring down towards you. She looks up at them. I want one thing. For you to be honest with something that you are entering into a partnership to. If you cannot be honest with me, how can I trust you? Coralon knew this. Why don't you? I am the Kaelin of the Fallen Leaves. I am a paladin of Coralon. I am the Emissary of Arask, Revenant of the Raven Queen, Keeper of the Name of Fire. If I give my true name to you, how do I know that I won't wind up just the same as Cyprus? Because you have something to fight for. You are not weak. You hold yourself back with your own lies. Paladin of Coralon, I sense not from you. For when you gaze into the water, do you see a paladin? Or do you see a broken reflection of what you should be? Um, I think tears of shame start to spill down her cheeks, but she furrows her brow. Okay. Next up is the figure that, Gwen, you have been laying into. They are going to be stabbing towards you. They have advantage. They got a natural 20, so thank you. So, Gwen, you are going to be taking 9 points of bludgeoning and then 11 points of cold. Then second attack is a 16 to hit. Matches. Okay. I'm not hard to hit. <laughs> and then that is going to be for 5 points of slashing and um, three points of cold. That is all that they are going to do. Next up is one of the figures that Calum just got done lightning bolting. They're going to rush up towards Calum and try and stab you. Would you like to use your reaction to attack them when they get close? I'll use a level one slot for this, but it's going to be an inflict wounds again. Okay. Sounds uh, good. 24 for 17 necrotic. Okay. Sounds good. They are not down. They are still going to attack you. So that is going to be for um, ba -ba, six points of slashing and five points of cold. And then second attack is a 23 to hit. 
for eight points of slashing and six points of cold. Next up is the other figure that was lightning bolted. They are going to also pull back into an icy bow and attempt to shoot Arjan. Arjan, you're still prone. Okay, so they will have disadvantage on this. Uh, I don't think that a 14 hits Arjan. It does not. And less than a 14 certainly does not hit. So two of these icy bolts shoot out towards you. Next up is the other one that was currently taking icy shots towards Calum. They are going to continue to do so. So Calum does a 25 hit you. Yep, you want to hit a 17. Okay, cool. They are going to deal eight points of piercing and three points of cold. Mm -hmm. And then uh, same roll as last time. Yeah. For six points of piercing and ten points of cold. I lost the dice. That's okay. Uh, next up, Gwen. All right. Uh, I'm going to attack the one in front of me um, recklessly. See if I can get him down. Um, that's what. 22. Okay. Uh, for 18 damage. Sure. And then if he's not down, I attack again. He is not down. Okay. Uh, that's 20. Okay. For. Oh, that was a 2. That was a 1. 16 damage. Okay. Um, the one who's attacking Arjan, or the one who's attacking Calum, is he, I mean, Calum looks like he's doing fine, right? He's bloody. Calum's bloody? Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to then uh, unleash Incarnation and have um, Salamarn attack that guy. Okay. So it's one attack. Uh, that's a 26. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. Uh, for 16 damage. Okay. Boom. Turn done. All right, Caleb. He's gonna overtro- Um, they're not going after Corey, correct? It does not look like they are going after Corey as she is currently unconscious. They seem to be focusing on the rest of you protecting her. He's going to overcharge a tensor's transformation. Okay. Roll me a d20. Yep. Five. Age five years. 47. Uh, he will then... Use his Blessing of the Raven Queen to TP. Well, they have... No, he's just going to park up there. That's his turn. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So then next up, Corey. This creature that is staring down at you with over a thousand eyes. Saying that you are not a paladin of Coralon. 
you have tears in your eyes and you are trying your best to save face in front of them, what do you do? I have broken myself several times over for this. No one stays the same. Yes, I've changed. Maybe I'm not Coriander anymore. But I am still here. If you want the name, come and take it. And as you say that, you watch as each of these eyes seem to burn with a, like orangish flame that seems to flicker from them and it starts as at the top and as it works its way down each one of these eyes igniting you see that it all connects at the very base to what looks like an impossibly large fox that looks towards you and they smile and say the essence of autumn is change. I just need to know who I'm changing with. So tell me, and I promise it will stay between you and I. Who are you? Um, she lowers her head. Nixaya Kamal. And Corey, as you say this, you see this primordial archfey nod towards you, and you feel a gentle hand on your shoulder give you a slight squeeze, and then release in an almost reassuring kind of way. And as you say this, the rest of your group, as you are outside, as you are fighting this group of oncoming winter Eladrin, that groaning sound, that straining sound that was coming from all of these creeks or all of these rivers that flowed into the base of the amphitheater shatter. And the water begins to glow. And as it does, it glows with this rich golden energy that seems to be the same coloration as the center of the flame that is coming from inside of this altar. And racing up each of these rivers, the golden energy shoots. And as it does, you realize that these aren't seats inside of this amphitheater. This is a place of binding. Each rung is engraved with its own ancient spell circle that was hidden beneath the snow. And beneath each of these layers, the letters begin to glow. And as they do, the snow begins to melt away. As the snow melts away, the trees nearby begin to quickly grow and bud new leaves and these leaves get to the perfect point of aging where they are crisp and golden and bright auburn 
and it is a beautiful fall scene that seems to push back against the forces of winter that are trying to make themselves here that are trying to make themselves known to the point where these figures that have been laying into you begin to melt and looking over towards Corey, you can see that this golden energy has wreathed around her and is flickering back and forth very quickly. Next up are one of these individuals that are going to try and stab out towards you, uh, Gwen. They will have disadvantage, but that evens out because you recklessly attacked them last turn. Correct. Uh Yes, okay. I think. I don't know. Yes, let's say yes. Okay, so they got an 18. So, Gwen, you are going to be taking five points of slashing, eight points of cold. Then on the first one, or second attack, they fail. Next is the one that is directly on Calum. Calum, you have formed this tensor's transformation. They have disadvantage on their attack against you. They fail on the first strike with a six. That is a wasted natural 20 for another six. And the third one is also going to try and shoot out towards Arjan, but with disadvantage. Arjan, I'm going to guess that a nine fails, but does an 18. 18 just hits. Okay, so you are going to be taking seven points of piercing and three points of cold. Uh, has the cold been halved? Uh, the cold is not. I, I've oh. gained. I have gained right. resistance. So cold. you would take one. And then Arjan, it is your turn. Okay, can you uh can you describe the layout of little ice figures and how many I can get within a thirty foot line? Within a thirty foot line, you can get two of them, but you would also get Calum, or you could get one of them and not hit Calum. Are there are there only two? There are three total. It's just one of them is like a hundred feet away from the other, so in a thirty foot line, it would not hit. Uh, okay. Um, Hunter's mark. The one on Calum. There. Okay. Uh, I would like to jump out of the tree and start taking shots out of it or or at it at that one. Okay. Twenty-five. That'll hit. Uh I don't need to add cold damage to this, do I? No. Uh 10 points of force damage for the first one. Okay. 25 for the second. And was you said this was the one that was on Gwen? Calum. Calum. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Uh, 12 more points on that one. Okay. 26 will hit. Yeah. For 18 more points. Action surge. Okay. Uh, 20 will crit. Oh, yeah. I should hope so. 
for 20 more points. Okay. Uh, 26 will hit. Yep. Nine. That one also goes down. Uh, so the one that's left is on Gwen? Yes. Or one of the ones. Uh, 16. That'll miss. Uh, yeah, 16 misses. Okay. Uh, that is my turn. Okay. Next up is... Uh, I, I would just like to, uh, like, land in the snow. Uh, just on the other side. Okay sounds good so then it is another one of these figures turns and with they have already cast their spell this turn or spell this encounter so they are going to pull out a icy longbow and they are going to try and shoot you arjan they have disadvantage because they're fighting in the warmth of autumn radiating from Corey. that is a 22 to hit that'll hit for six points of piercing and then it would be three points of ice but then reduced down to one and then second that's a two on the die so they're not going to be hitting anytime soon uh next up is gwen gwen you have one on you calum has a second one near him and it seems like there was a third one that was off kind of uh like hadn't really begun descending into this amphitheater and at this point they kind of don't seem like they want to uh gwen's gonna attack the one in front of her recklessly uh for 27 that's 18 on the first one. Oh yeah damage. that'll hit okay nope 18 damage yeah and then the second attack is oh 20 uh 31 yeah, that'll hit. Will it? For 18 damage. Okay. They only had 14, so Gwen, you are able to successfully dismiss this figure as well. All right, cool. Gwen's going to uh, use her bonus action to uh, switch places with Salamarn. Okay. So that she's right behind the one that is attacking Calum. All right, so Arjan, Gwen, and Calum are all next to each other being friends wait i don't like that how you said that oh it's no worries calum it's your go oh boy oh boy uh two attacks here we go uh 18 to hit and 18 actually misses Oof. second attack that's better uh 22 to hit yeah that'll hit that'll do it or Five points of piercing damage and sorry, sorry, sorry. Twenty-four force. Mm. Yeah, that'll do. Her. Okay. And yeah, so you connect with this force, Corey. As you have accepted the terms that Rife has offered to you and you have given them your uh, your true name, the ritual comes to completion. And you feel, as you're looking at this large fox with 
these almost infinitesimal number of tails extending out from the back. As you give your name, you see a tail emerge from its back and then an eye opens and you know that that tail is yours. That that one you are connected with out of all of these others and you get the sense that each of the tails that are on the back of this fox are representative of the Kalen that has used Rife to be their companion primor primordial. You feel Char's grip on your shoulder release of just that gentle, like, good job, you said the name. And as your eyes open, you see, and the rest of you see, with your backs towards core, you can feel the ground rumbling as a beam of this golden energy shoots up into the sky and it pierces through the clouds, which immediately part to let this beam of energy pass through into the sky and the area around you begins to melt a lot of the scarecrows that solana has been commanding as she has been off to the side during this battle making sure that the back half of you guys uh was not also then encroached upon uh she seems to have been doing work but she even pauses and looks over and witnesses the christening of this new Kalen as you restore Autumn to this small place, this small, beautiful place in the Feywild. And Corey, you can feel Rife is at peace. Rife is happy with the decision that you have made. And then the lot of you hear the sound of leathery wings in the distance and looking in the direction like a comet shooting through the sky bright and red the draconic backup that you called for during this situation who has now seen their opening and they pierce through the heavy uh the heavy cloud cover of the winter sky and with a deep breath breathe ancient fire onto the forest of the autumn isle and they go in stretches and they are igniting the isle of autumn and as scorchbane laughing as he sets this place ablaze passes by in your peripherals doing exactly what he said that he would that is where we are going to call it for tonight's session so i would like to say first and foremost thank you to everybody who decided to stop by and join us for this wonderful game i'm having a blast in the Feywild. wow we what a great time hey speaking of great times rj where can we find you what do you do Hey everybody, I'm RJ, and you can catch me here on the Indoor Adventures on Sundays and Mondays at the appropriate times, but also on rjustice 282 on Twitter and Twitch, where I sometimes do nerdy things, and also play video games with some chaos involved. You can catch me over at G Game Nights on Thursday for our grand finale of Elegant Suffering. Um, and yeah, that's actually it. DanaeKeener.com. DanaeKeener.com. <laughs>
Hi, I'm LB Hackham. You can find me at LB Hackham Up on the Twitters and Twitches. Tomorrow I'll be playing on my own channel, LB Hackham Up on Twitch. Uh, I'm probably going to be playing some Dead by Daylight because I've been playing a lot of that. Unless some people are free and then I'm going to play Monster Camp, which is the ex the new game from the people who made Monster Prom. It's a so lot longer than Monster Prom. Fair warning. There is no okay. short game. It is okay. just the two hour long game. Fair. We make it three. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah what well, that'll do and then tomorrow night i'll be playing in an um in a heroes and masks game um on g game nights on wednesday i'll be on nerd immersions channel doing rod of seven parts which we're coming to the finale of soon not next week but soon uh and then thursday i will be on the finale of elegant suffering as my girl uh hopefully i get to fuck some people up with my fucking sword because goddamn the colonel's pissed um and yeah did you say the colonel yeah i'm playing a colonel her name is colonel annabelle briar i was thinking kfc man sorry no 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 nobody needs to touch the kfc dating sim thenaycanner.com hi i'm cyber uh cyber1.live has most of my most of my stuff it's got the youtube it's got the twitch um God. Uh, November. I don't know what my what my overall streaming schedule is going to be, but I know this Saturday we're going to have some chill lo-fi gameplay to rage and relax to uh, as we go through uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Heart of the Forest. Uh, so that should that should be a a fun time. I have a lot to say about that game. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, check out Jabroni TV. It's got a lot of cool stuff. I ran an Urban Shadows one shot, and it's five hours long. <laughs> There's a. Be grateful it is not longer. <laughs> it's hard to do an Urban Shadows one shot, y'all. Um. But yeah, uh, Jabron TV has a lot, lots of other cool stuff. I think we have one more episode of Dead by Daylight coming out where I'm the killer. So check that out. It's fun. Who? Uh, for the for the TTRPGs I'm in, I'm here on Mondays that you've seen. Uh, I'm here on Thursdays where we will hopefully finish up our Halloween episode after halloween maybe i don't know i don't know and uh speaking of werewolf the apocalypse uh check me out on high shelf gaming on the 17th of november because that's when our next game is for that i'm forgetting something but you know what denaykeener.com Hey, speaking of DanaeKeener.com, hi, I'm Danae Keener. You can find me at DanaeKeener.com. I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D &D and a lot of things on this channel. Uh, I play as Coriander the Elegant Paladin on Mondays and on Sundays. I'm right here during our Doom of Annihilation game playing as Baz the Drow Rogue Fighter. DanaeKeener.com. 
And if you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey, Acorns, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the Indoor Adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash Indoor Adventures. We do shows like this on Monday and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or on Sunday at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If this is your first time joining us, you can go to youtube.com slash Indoor Adventures to check up on all of the VODs of each of the games that we have played up until this point. Or you can go towards where anywhere audio casts are made available for free we're there as well but speaking of things that are being made available for free you can go check us out at patreon.com slash indoor adventures that's right on patreon it is currently being hosted for free you don't need to be a patron in order to get access to that thereafter show but it certainly helps because it gives you access to the discord which is also for free and we post to the side during the show and you know what what better place to ask your questions than during the side chats or if you join us on discord go to questions for the courts we will be sure to respond as soon as we possibly can but with that i would like to once again say thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by and join us for this show thank you to these players for putting up with my bullshit once again this week and we'll see all of you guys next time all right, everybody. Bye-bye!